I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Okay, so as a scientist, I have a huge problem. Like, I actually put on my on my Tinder and Grindr profiles, you guys, super economy is a problem. <laughs> and how's that going for you? <laughs> I'm still very single and don't get laid a lot. Hello and welcome to Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet, the only podcast that uses cutting-edge science to answer the questions that you really have. Things like, why is the sky blue? What's up with bees? And when you say you don't see colour, I mean, do you actually mean that? No, like, let's hold off for a second, because remember that colour blindness is a serious medical condition caused by genetic and or physical factors. Like, we all know that, right? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. 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 And really, we check it with, like, the Ishihara colour test. That's the thing. That's the dumb thing. So when you say that, I mean, how has it affected your life? You know, have you ever bitten a red pepper thinking it was an apple? How do you buy clothes? I mean, okay, so for you to not see color at all, I'd have to assume it's total monochromacy. And even if you had total monochromacy, you'd still see both black and white because it's a tone. Like, I don't like your tone when you use that statement because you want to feel good about yourself. When that one racist family member starts talking or that quasi SM and you feel awkward because you know that all your Tinder matches are the same people that get randomly searched at airport security. <laughs> <laughs> As always, on my left, I have Oz Ismail. Oz is a PhD student, grinder, aficionado, and one stays the meth head. I'm not going to let that go. I mean, this story is never going to die. It's going to haunt me forever. You're never going to explain yeah. it. And on my right, I have Suhail Patel. Suhail is the cutting edge journalist. He makes amazing videos. And yes, he is that person that that one auntie always uses in the story to remind you that your life needs to go in a good path because he is that baseline. <laughs> it's very true. I, right. say, I, I pride myself on that. You're the BBC three for all of us. Yeah. You know, when you sit with your, with your parents, like, look, I could be doing drugs and having sex in Malaga and I'm not. <laughs> all I've done. Hey, Malaga sex is perfectly okay. <laughs> I just came back. I'm just Malaga. doing a public service. I'm just keeping the bar low for Yeah, everyone. man, that's you what I mean. We appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> making you making y'all look good. Well. We are here, guys. We are back for episode number three. And you know what three means? Three means we've got our first illustrious guest. Damn. Yesterday we have Anna Plajski. I got your name right, right? No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we Silent. went through this, Alex. <laughs> we went through this. Anna, why is your name so weird? I don't know. Anna Plajski. Yeah, perfect. Anna is a material scientist. Mm -hmm. Anna is the young engineer of the year. Yeah. But she's here and she has one more accolade because she is our first illustrious guest. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, we did what we could with the limited budget we had. Um, <laughs> Which is nothing, really. A third of a galaxy. <laughs> Some if whiskey. You put you right down. <laughs> That's our style. We wanted to have a token white male, but we couldn't spring for that. So we've just got you. Token white female. <laughs> so guys, as always, we start with the news. So what have we got for news today? Uh, this is a story that actually came out a couple weeks ago, um, but I thought it was really interesting. It's about fish depression. I don't know if you guys have seen this. What is fish depression? So, well, I mean, this guy, this, well, this author, I think his name is Rolf, Rolf Kopf, Kopfl, uh, for the New York Times. He wrote this, he had this idea. Um, uh, he saw this fish and he looked depressed and he... <laughs> Whoa, he, whoa, hold up. Yeah. How, how, fish always look depressed. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. And then... But the reason is, so apparently, um, at first he thought he was just kind of, I can't say the word, what does it say? 
Anthropomorphizing. Sorry, anthropomorphizing. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah, I think he thought he's doing that to the fish. Yeah, and then, uh, but what he realized, he started asking scientists, "Oh, can can a fish be, be depressed?" And it's actually quite interesting. I mean, it sounds like a dumb question, but it's a good way of exploring the idea of depression and feelings of like how. Uh, what does it mean to be depressed, for example, and talking about like animal cognition and a lot of research around that? And the, the answer is apparently fish can be depressed, and um, uh, and they quite visibly be visibly dep- uh, depressed. So it's actually quite useful for researchers. Why? Because when a fish is depressed, apparently it sinks to the bottom of the tank and like doesn't move around a lot, so they Aww. can actually physically see. And when a fish is like not depressed. Although no, it doesn't really define what that is properly. But when a fish is not depressed, it swims around the top like it's kind of searching or exploring a new area, so trying to so, escape. Essentially, yeah. how did they know that the fish were actually depressed? Did they measure like hormones in the brain? Or well, because obviously I did extensive reading around this. Um, <laughs> From what I can gather. Question time. Can I bullshit out of this? Um, (laughs) Well, funnily funnily enough, uh, apparently they can like test like dopamine levels and stuff like that. In a fish. In a fish, apparently. But, um, you know, the problem with animal cognition and stuff like that, you can't just ask an animal how they feel. So this is the big challenge around this kind of research. Um, But... You know, apparently fish are quite smart. There's some fish that can like recognize faces. So they did this experiment where they uh, took like images. They put like a screen on top of the fish tank and they they showed images of different human faces and they could recognize like different faces like through the experiment. Um, And uh, basically, yes, animals, not just fish, but animals in general have much more intelligence or like cognition than we assume is what I'm getting at. Okay, but why should we care? Why should we care? Yeah, because like... because they a lot of scientists are using this research or using fish trials on fish, for example, to actually treat and understand depression in humans and us. I guess. Whoa, I have an interesting materials fact about this. Oh, okay. Um... <clears throat> can oh, can you start a counter, please? Just. I actually I mean a countdown. <laughs> I meant. A counter like one, like, two. Number one. Why have you got to be so extra? <laughs> Please do that every time. I've been waiting to, to do that for so long. <laughs> you nailed that. You actually, your whole life had led up to that moment. <laughs> I would like to thank. No, okay, one. One. Right. Fact one. Interesting materials fact number one. Um, Sarah Wilkes at the Institute of Making at UCL is actually looking at how materials can be used in non-verbal psychological tests in humans, but not fish. Um, so I bumped into her the other day and she was making little cubes out of different materials that are exactly the same size. And the idea is to try and get away from psychological tests that involve language because not everyone speaks English as their first language if they get treated in this country. Um, and... People also have different levels of, you know, education and vocabulary. So they're trying to get away from using words in terms of diagnosing um, psychological diagnoses. Diagnoses? <laughs> Diagnosis. Diagnoses. Yeah. Um, using things like art and materials um, and like more physical things. So that was really interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And another piece of research I looked at was apparently around how touch... Can, I'm touching Ozzy, by the way. It's um, so good. Can help with feelings like, especially that feelings like rejection. It can be really like helpful and therapeutic. Yeah, I saw this as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A gentle touch. A gentle touch can heal can social heal rejection. All those bitter wounds. Yeah. I mean, I read, I read, I read the research, and I was like, mm, I'm, I'm not really, yeah. I don't Touch want to, like, me, I'm start not feeling well. research. <laughs> this is terrible. I don't think that would go down well with people. Yeah. Yeah, feeling sad, like... can you touch me? <laughs> <laughs> Works sometimes. <laughs> we should not say these things in a university building. <clears throat> Especially when the research was done at said university. Moving swiftly on. talking about research. We are... Three brown people and a woman. Okay, we should not. <laughs> do you not have a good leg to stand on? Oh, shit. Like, let's, let's not. Yeah. Here. Okay, yeah. guys. 
So fish can be depressed, and this can give us new insights into depression in humans. Yeah, well, it's you know, it's it's a, it is an interesting way to, to explore that idea because you know, it, it ultimately we as creatures we all suffer from this illness at some point. Um, and it's and it sounds like a dumb question, but it it, it delves into something deeper, I suppose. So Oz, what's on the cards for the news this so, week? I I read this story. This is a story that just will not die. It just keeps resurfacing year after year. My God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you've had your turn. Sorry, I just I felt I had to say something. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're going to need a whole other session for that. Um, <laughs> um, um, so super gonorrhea, guys, <laughs> is a problem, especially for London. Okay, super gonorrhea is a problem. Um, yeah. So this is antibiotic resistant gonorrhea. <gasps> okay, okay. So what is gonorrhea? Gonorrhea is a sexually transmitted infection. What does gonorrhea lead to? What does gonorrhea look like? Uh, sometimes it doesn't look like anything because you can have it and not have symptoms. Really? Mm. Yeah. Uh, but when it does look like something, it's kind of gross because it makes your bits oozy. Could you describe that in radio clarity detail? Sure. <laughs> uh, you get like... Discharge, oh, such an ugly word. Yeah. Discharge from your penis and vagina. Uh, and, and or or. And or. And or. And or, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. It's all good. Um, and uh, yeah, you can. Uh, it can lead to many things, including infertility. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hmm. Let me fact check that. <laughs> no, I, I do think that's right. Um, and yeah, it's a big problem, as you say, because it sometimes there are no symptoms, and yeah. so you don't realise you have it until it's too late sometimes. Exactly. Mm. So a lot of people can be walking around with it. But the problem is, okay, it used to be treatable, thanks to Alexander Fleming, who found penicillin. I thought you were going to say me. I was like, what? (laughs) Not everything is about you, Alex. Um, (laughs) There are other people called Alex. Alex. No, there aren't. (laughs) I will fight them. It's going to be like Jet Li's the one. It's like Highlander. (laughs) There can only be one, Alex. (laughs) Um, So, but now uh, the antibiotics that they use to treat gonorrhea don't work anymore. Or oh, no. they're starting to not work in some people. So, Fle- so oh, no. Fleming's penicillin is no longer valid. For gonorrhea and some other infections. How can you get gonorrhea? By having <laughs> sexual relations. I'm not, you know, like, you mash your genitals into someone else's genitals. Oh, thank you for doing that. I didn't want to have <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> No, as in, as in, as in, is it like, can you get through like oral sex or? Is you can it... get through, like, so the problem is because generally people, people are pretty good. They have protected sex, but yeah. people don't tend to wear condoms when they have oral sex. Mm. So it's very easily transmitted when having oral sex. It can, you can get it through anal sex, oral sex, um, all kinds of sex, yeah. basically. Mm. <laughs> um, but okay. now. I'm just going to put this out there. Mm-hmm. If I'm having oral sex with someone. If there's a penis coming towards me and I'm seeing discharge, if there's a vagina coming towards mm. me and I'm seeing discharge on it, like, mm. do you do you guys not have quality control? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, you, you no, do, I agree. but if you yeah. don't, if if there are no symptoms, uh, well, there's and no it looks like a perfectly healthy penis. Uh, yeah, that's gonna mm. go in. Yeah, that's the. Just <laughs> <laughs> hold your nose, like you're there, <laughs> like an airport runway, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing semaphores, like, okay, yeah. but no, not me, obviously. Obviously, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this podcast going to turn into an intervention? <laughs> no, so these are, okay, so as a scientist, I have a huge problem. Like, I actually put on my on my Tinder and Grindr profiles, you guys, super gonorrhea is a problem. <laughs> and how's that going for you? <laughs> I'm still very single and don't get laid a lot. But at least you know, at least we know that you're conscious of... I feel SDIs. like I'm a public service yeah. to these people. No, it's don't don't it's call good. yourself a public service. Yeah. <laughs> I think not on, <laughs> on Grindr and Tinder, you don't want I that. mean, no, because people have asked me, what, what is super gonorrhea? I was like, mm. well, let me tell you. Yeah, is that my first explain. message to you? <laughs> Sometimes it is. At other times, it's, it's where are you from? <laughs> right, we're not going to go into yeah. that. <laughs> not until we get the DNA tests in. Well, okay. Um, so super gonorrhea. So basically, these antibiotics, they use three different types of antibiotics in general to treat mm. it. And uh, in some cases, all three are failing. And this is a problem because there aren't that many other antibiotics that they can use. Mm. And if people just are not safe when they have sex, and a lot of people still have unsafe sex. They yeah. Don't, but isn't it more, this is linked to the fact that penicillin and, you know, that you're talking about that stuff, it, it's more, it's less, res, well, the resistance is building up across different diseases. So, like, I know, for, exact, for example, tuberculosis, mm. 
Absolutely. It's, so it's resistant. So basically, yeah. yeah, these uh these little bugs are clever. They can develop resistance. Mm. And the reason as a population we develop resistance to antibiotics is because uh these bugs can sort of if if antibiotics are not used properly, and a lot of people tend not to or overuse it, they become clever and they develop mutations mm. and they can be resistant to these to these antibiotics. So what's science doing to try and combat this? <clears throat> so there are very few other antibiotics in the pipeline. And so it is basically the World Health Organization have said this is a problem. You know, now it's up to us as as a population to take responsibility and basically, you know, start having safe sex because if you can't treat gonorrhea and like super gonorrhea becomes gonorrhea, then it's a huge problem for everybody. Mm. But the problem is, is like, you know, having safe sex can be difficult sometimes, especially if you're not in heat at the moment. And, like you know, you're the material expert. Why are condoms yeah. so shit? <laughs> What do you think's shit about them? They're not. They're not pleasant. They're not pleasant. <laughs> As in, it's just like long. yo. They're more pleasant than eighteen years of like child support. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're well, more that, pleasant yeah. than infertility. Yeah. Condoms yeah. are more pleasant than a baby. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm just. Uh, what I feel is like you know. Could put, material scientists not have invented something, something a bit better? Well, can valuable. we do something with smart materials now to make yeah, condoms well, better? Like spray on. I've seen like stuff back in the day, like spray on stuff. Like, and there's loads of I've seen yeah. loads of like spermicide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you talking about the spray on condom? Yeah, I've heard. Well, this yeah. is like a big hype back a few years ago. Right? That's a thing. Yeah. yeah. A spray on. Like, yeah. Someone was trying to develop a spray on condom, but I was mm. like, how? You need to like evenly spray your condom, and like mm. your your penis has to stay wrecked for the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, imagine that in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Okay. No. Hold. Hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> Spray on my car real just, quick. Just, just got up. <laughs> you oh, you accent so sexy. You accidentally get something like their face, and then they they oh, can't God. breathe. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it would be like spray on latex, yeah. right? Which, yeah. which is. Yeah. I mean, in terms of materials, like why? What what is a condom made out of? And and in terms of gonorrhea, what other alternatives? How can you say safe? Mm. I guess condoms work because it's like a barrier method, right? Mm. Like you're actually stopping any physical contact between the two people. Um, They're made of latex, like synthetic latex. Um, The good news is that they're made of synthetic latex. They previously used to be made out of animal bladders. Oh, wow. So gross. sounds so gross. (laughs) So at least we live in 2017 is all I'm saying. Can you imagine matching with someone like on Tinder? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to (laughs) work. And like you got a sheep there. You just like kill the sheep. (laughs) Have to gut it. That's what it used to be like. Have to wash it. Love. Just give me 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah, give me 20 minutes outside with a cheek. I've got to clean this bladder. Like. I'll so take the spray gross. on condom. Like. Exactly. Just, 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 just hell walking around like he's fresh off the boat with a machete. Oh Look, God. it wouldn't happen very often. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I'd be happy to do it. Uh, <laughs> the sheep of London can sleep easy at night. My nuts count in too high. Let's just go to Boots and get some condoms. <laughs> leave the sheep alone. Yeah. Suddenly so, latex seems pretty <laughs> appealing. So apart from condoms, how can we protect ourselves from super super, the, the super gonorrhea. gonorrhea? That's the one. Like basically, no one's saying you shouldn't have have your fun. Right? Yeah. You just need to be safe and sensible. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think have conversations with people about whether they get tested. I do. Mm-hmm. I ask people if they've been tested recently. Yeah. Especially if it's you know a hookup. Do you guys get tested like every year? Every three months. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Mate, <laughs> no, I have been tested. I've been tested. I know, I know you've been. Tested. I'm not. I'm not saying be messy and put it all out there <laughs> on the internet. But like, when was the last time you got tested? Uh, probably about a year ago. So I had it. No, I don't want to go into detail. Now I go into detail. <laughs> it wasn't anything serious. What did you have? I had uh, UTI. But I got uh, scared. I was like, "Fuck, what's happening? <laughs> I'm gonna die." <laughs> not like this. <laughs> my parents can never know. <laughs> mom, mom. mom, I've never had sex. <laughs> my Muslim parents can never know I have genitals. It's not allowed. <laughs> it's haram. Anywho. <laughs> so, super gonorrhea is a thing. Mm. And is there a lot we can do about it apart from being smarter with antibiotics and smarter with safe sex? I think generally, like, antibiotic resistance is the bigger problem here. Mm. So generally, like, don't overuse antibiotics or don't not take your antibiotics if a doctor has prescribed them because the reason bugs develop resistance is because if you stop if you don't take the full course then the dose goes down and the bugs kind of can 
thrive in that environment and change in order to develop resistance. So even when you give it shitloads of antibiotics later, it's not going to work. And that's how resistance happens. Wow, I didn't know that. So if you get a course of antibiotics, and it's usually short because short and fast is what the doctors are doing now. Is yeah. short and fast your porn name? But a thing. Being a student is hard, okay? So we've heard about depressed fish and super gonorrhea. Now is the time for our discussion. As previously mentioned, we've got Anna here today. So Anna is our wonderful engineer smart materials just she's so clever it's not true so clever so clever and so we've got lots of questions about smart materials because you've just written a book you've written a chapter in a book right yes correct yeah it's called what's next it's called what's next it's edited by jim al-khalili um and the little subtitle is even scientists can't predict the future oh my or can they my god is the answer no um i've I guess so, yeah. When we'll find out. Right? Don't, don't ruin future. it for everyone. <laughs> find out. Spoiler. No. Yeah. So what does your chapter talk about? Well, my chapter is on smart materials. So um, originally, well, originally, Mark Meadovnik was asked to write a chapter about materials mm. and um, didn't want to do it. So Ooh. I was the number two choice. <laughs> um, but that's cool, whatever. Um, so... <laughs> I, it was. It was. <laughs> you're totally over it. So I, they were basically the brief was super broad. It was like right about the future of materials, um, and I had quite a, a sort of fleeting interest in smart materials. Mm. Um, that's got nothing to do with my PhD research, which is just a pile of poo. Um, <laughs> oh, which is also a material. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, material fact number two. Pun intended. Yes, <laughs> but I'm. Um, <laughs> Is, 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 is pure material. Well, my general definition of a material is that it has to be solid. And sometimes poo isn't solid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So poo is an example of a material that um, can change between being a material and being a fluid. Does that make it a smart material, if it can do that? <laughs> um, well, one category of smart materials is phase changing, which means freezing and melting. So I guess that's going between solids and liquids. You heard it here first. Poo is a smart material. I knew it all along. <laughs> I want to see the shard covered in poo and like, oh yeah, it's really great because. But they use poo, don't they? Like to what? Like as a building device. I'm what? mistaken. <laughs> like Did, dung. Wait, all right, what? so the police are gonna break into Sahel's house. <laughs> We're not here. They're, they're gonna find like a little mound. They're going, what the fuck is this? What, what is kind it? of serial killer shit is this? <laughs> it's like it's my smart material. <laughs> <laughs> Handcuff, take him away, boys. Hey, look, man. So back to Anna. Anna, you're talking about uh, the book, the chapter while these idiots are talking about poo as a smart material. <laughs> so uh, you talked about smart materials in your chapter. What's yes. that about? So smart materials are basically solid objects that have a certain property, like their shape or their colour or something like that. Um, and that property changes in response to something that happens from the outside world. So that might be light levels, moisture, temperature, that kind of thing. Um, so basically these are solids that change and do things in reaction to the outside world that makes sense um so a good example is those sunglasses that go dark when you go outside oh yeah um and also mood rings do you know what mood rings are i've heard of them i never quite understand they're like they really really cool jewelry that like changes they, <laughs> I, I said when i heard cool i was like i'm i'm very suspect <laughs> Yeah. This are they cool? Like a cool person. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't doubt you for a second. I doubt the mood rings. <laughs> so basically, mood rings like change color according to your mood. Yes. But actually, it's um, they're photochromic materials, so they change color according to temperature. Mm. What's the wow. color for hungry? I don't know. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I had a toothbrush that did that. Nice. It, you could like you'd hold on to it, and it would like the heat from change your hand color. would change yeah. the color of it. So I put it in the freezer. And what happened? <laughs> it turned a completely different color. Whoa, I know. Yeah, that's so cool. Chipping balls. Yeah. So I mean, this is quite a good example, actually. Mood rings, color changing toothbrushes. Most of the examples of smart materials that I've seen today are pretty naff. 
Oh. Like, kind of gimmicky, like, don't actually serve much of a purpose. However, in the chapter, what I've written about is all the cool examples of smart materials that we're going to see happen in the future. Like what? So I've written about a an aircraft that basically it was... The inspiration for it is from Leonardo da Vinci's design from the year, like, 1488. Um, and he basically studied the wings of birds and bats and because birds and bats, like, they've developed. A- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of years of evolution to have the best shaped wings for flying. But our aircraft today do not look like that at all. Like they're really rigid mm. wings and like there's a few moving parts, but really they don't. Aircraft are not optimized for flying. Just going to put that one out there. I mean, that that's really good. And I'm really glad that no one in the room has any sort of fear of flying. I am actually afraid. I love I, flying. I'm not, I'm not afraid of flying. I get terribly like motion sick. Motion You're sick. afraid of flying. You're, not, you're afraid I'm of not afraid of flying. Like, dude, I, you would be afraid of me. <laughs> if I'm afraid. No, That's you're afraid. You, you would, as in, I would be making terrible noises. And, and Actually, like, uh, no, don't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That will get you kicked out. Dude, I went, I went sailing for the first time with my mates. Yeah, like, oh, look at you living ago. that life. Yeah, I know, bro. Yeah, trust me, I wasn't built for the sea. Even though my, <laughs> I'm a land person. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, and I, I threw up for three days straight. And they had these <laughs> little things. You know those little sea sickness bands that you put yeah. on your wrist? And like, it's supposed to make you not feel sick. Mine wasn't working. I was like trying to press it. <laughs> it was like, does nothing. It's like, like, why isn't this working? <laughs> you know, sorry. Do those things actually work? No. <laughs> I think it's to do with slowing your heart rate, isn't it? Like obstructing some of your veins to, I don't know. I don't know. Look, all I know is there's two stages of seasickness. Stage one, you want to jump off the boat because you're feeling really <laughs> sick. Stage two, you want to kill yourself. But if you jump I was off deep the boat... in stage two by the second day. Mate, you could, you could achieve stage two by doing stage one. <laughs> I know, I know, but the, the, it's, the, it's the intention that changes. I see. Yeah. Why were you on this boat? <laughs> yeah, my question. friend invited me, he's got a boat and he invited me. What kind so of friends do you have that have boats? Uh, it's just one of my uni friends, isn't it? Yeah. One of my fancy friends. Yo! <laughs> fancy friends. Share the wealth. <laughs> I know, we're not that <laughs> fancy. I know, he also took me skiing. Again, I'm not built for the snow. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I almost, died. I almost died several times. Are you tri- just built for concrete? I'm just built for napping. <laughs> he could barely like get up the steps. And eating biscuits. This yeah. tower that we're this, in. We're in this tower. It's like Mount Doom. You got to... like Frodo Baggins climbing up here. What do you mean? Because you had your ring destroyed. Yes. Oh, that sounds really bad. We've gone full circle yeah. now on this conversation. Full circle, yes! Too, too much of a tangent. Let's, let's return to topic. Okay, okay. Let's bring it back to smart materials. Yeah, yeah. Come on. So we're talking about a plane that's been inspired by Leonardo da Vinci's like notes and his his designs on an aircraft. So what does that mean for the future 
of flying. Well, what that means for the future of flying is that our future aircraft are going to be much more efficient and much nicer to ride in, right? So in the future, you're going to be absolutely fine with flying. There's going to be no motion sickness involved. And this is because our aircraft are going to be able to move. The wings of the aircraft are going to be able to move much like birds can. So if you watch a bird taking off, the shape of their wings is very different from when they're cruising or from when they're landing. And our aircraft are going to be able to do exactly this as well. And that's all thanks to smart materials. Oh, my God. So Whoa. what, like, so... So what you're saying is we're going to have planes that can actually like flap off runway, like vertical takeoff, like yeah. that. That's amazing. So we've talked about the advancements that we can make in mm. like transport with smart materials. Because I have Sahel and Oz here, and I know exactly what they're thinking. What is the weirdest, like worst thing that can come out of smart materials? Well, one of the things that I've been enjoying thinking about is actually the smart aircraft and the fact that smart materials are going to mean that it can adapt and it can sense, it can um, communicate with others of its kind, it can feel things. Whoa, like, an aircraft can feel yeah, things. Yeah, all these materials are going to enable it to be able to like adapt to live flight conditions, to feel like itself, to sense pressure on itself and stuff. Like this to me like really sounds like an alive thing. So this is kind of like AI almost. I think these materials will enable like the bodies of whatever AI goes in to be quite like living things. Wow. But then also, so the thing about this, like, so that's kind of scary. Yeah. But then this is the same technology that's going to enable us to make like prosthetic limbs that mm. can have really touch sensitive fingertips and could be brain controlled. So half of this technology is like kind of scary and terrifying and half of it is really brilliant because it can enable people to have like you know brilliant lives okay mm. talking about that like haptic feedback i don't know if you guys saw this but there was like <clears throat> that thing going around on reddit which was showing the kid that had his arm um he had his arm amputated and so he had sort of a robot arm put in and he can control it with an app and the app had like so you could press preset one it would do like a high five preset two it would grab something preset mm. three four and like the comments were just like, yeah, we all know what that's going to be used for. Like, <laughs> oh, for goodness oh sake. God, yeah, obviously. no, 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 no. But, but at the same time, though, Xbox, like, right? <laughs> whipping meringues, obviously. That's how you get the large. Um, do you know, you, like, whipping is hard. Like, <laughs> yeah, have, you done, have you ever done it manually? Yeah. It's hard work. That's, that's how I make all my lemon meringue pies. Dang. No, I used to work in a bakery. <laughs> Did you? Oh, yeah, no, I legitimately okay. worked in a bakery. Just, oh, that's yeah, really sick. Cooking and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're really good. He knows his shit. I know, yeah. shit, yeah. I know you do. You yeah. were thinking about the other whipping, weren't you? I was thinking about furiously masturbating. Oh. But <laughs> that's just me, I guess. <laughs> why? Why so furious? With a robot arm? Yeah. Who would do that? Honestly, I guess shaping. a robot arm can't get tired, right? Yeah. No, no. But at the same time, as a, as a, like as a 15 year old, you know, or how old this guy is, you're not going to do yourself. He's gonna... any, any benefits. It's like that, that future armor quote <laughs> where they're all on that planet with Amazonian women where it's like, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to break his dick. He's gonna rip... <laughs> like he's going to rip his cock off. Oh, man. Yeah, that really dumb. Dumb. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, oh, it's going to get oh. stuck around his dick. Oh. Uh... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Does, does the, the scientist doesn't want to hear about the real world uses. <laughs> Oh, robots. <laughs> That's what the scientist yeah, doesn't want to hear. Oh no, sex robots are going to be a thing, though. I mean, they they already are. They already are, are. They yeah. already are a thing. Oh god, yeah. and then smart materials will make them have like better feedback. Mm -hmm. And oh god, and that's the thing. Like the porn industry, I've been saying this for a while now. The porn industry really are the great innovators mm. because as soon as something new comes out, they're on it. Like you know, on the web. Uh, HTML5, they were, they were like the first people to switch to that. You know, now we've got things like VR, Oculus Rift. You go on porn websites and you see loads of like VR things, mm. like VR videos, because they know that nerds have disposable income and will always want to try new things to fucking get off to. That's pleasure themselves. So sex yeah. robots, I can completely see that being a thing. Like I can see it being a weird Kickstarter. I don't think it's weird. I think it's very mainstream. Like, mm. I mean, I'm a very sex positive person. So like, whatever, do your thing. No, no, I'm, I'm not, not trying to kink shame anyone. You do, do you. But at the same time, like, can you imagine your PhD being used for that? I mean, at least it'd be used for something. <laughs> <laughs> just like the only time your, 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 any of your work gets cited is just like in 
some sort of legal document around <laughs> the world's first sentient sex robot. Yes. Again, oh, any yeah. citations yeah. would be welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be I, very proud I if that was the outcome. That's the first off debate, isn't it? It's like when you stop when you start having sex with robots or like Apparently, inanimate objects. Like, well, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. So, hell, you don't get to come in here and do air quotes around <laughs> apparently inanimate objects. As in, like, you know, it's the, it's the philosophy around like AI and robots and stuff. Like, what becomes like a human? Like, what is alive? What is sentient? What right, mate. Yeah. Mate. We've been using dildos for thousands of years. Yeah, when when 3D printers first came onto the market as like a thing that you can purchase for your house. This was sort of like five years ago, five ten years ago. Um. There's this the rumor going round, or like maybe this is a true fact that the main thing that people were downloading, the main files to 3D print, were penises and were dildos and stuff. Mm. But I don't, I don't really. Uh, people were saying like, oh, it's because people are too embarrassed to go into a sex shop and buy a yeah. dildo. And I'm like, I don't think that's, no, I don't no, think that's no, true. Yeah. No, like, that's I think people just like, if you ask someone to draw anything, 99% of the time it's going to be a penis, mm. and it's just mm. the same, but in 3D, like people just, it's a novelty, isn't it? People People just do it. I don't know why everyone's so obsessed. Mm. Like, can you? Because I don't know if you guys have 3D printed. I know Anna probably has. You do all amazing things, right? Did you 3D print a lot? I've, yeah, I've 3D printed a trumpet mouthpiece. Do you want to see it? I mean, yes. Anna's going into her bag of tricks. Anna's got a 3D well, printer. Okay, it actually wasn't me that 3D printed it. My friend Hannah Cameron 3D oh, printed it. Oh, who's Hannah Cameron? I've never heard about Hannah Cameron. Hannah Cameron is a brilliant engineer and maker, and she 3D printed me a trumpet mouthpiece wow. out of a wood plastic composite. Oh really? my God. I've so, 3D printed stuff before. Yo, taking a shit doesn't count, my man. This full on works. Yeah, it? full on works as a trumpet mouthpiece. Wow. I mean, the plastic is not 100% not toxic so <laughs> okay so you, you could die but i don't actually it. use yeah. it as my regular mouthpiece okay. but why do you carry it around because it's fucking cool it, it is cool. Yeah, and i like cool. to impress people with it <laughs> <laughs> color me impress <laughs> so anna you have a podcast don't you correct what's your podcast well my podcast is called real talk which is spelt apostrophe r-i-a-l because it's a pun material. Mm. The thing about podcasts uh, is it's obviously an audio medium. And so having a visual pun on an audio. Anyway, it's called Real Talk. <laughs> and I think it's Real a brilliant time. name. So what's great about having the apostrophe R-I-A-L there is that it's number one if you list it alphabetically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, number yeah. one. So yeah, my podcast is all about me interviewing people that know about materials but i don't want any scientists coming to me to talk about their research i want to talk to people whose job it is to work with the material or who is an artist or just an enthusiast about materials so i've had on dr steve cross who is an aluminium obsessive he's also his main job is a science communicator and science comedian um i've had andrew smith from the great british bake-off come on and talk about foams and cake did he bring cake he did <sighs> are you his best friend Yes. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, you came onto this show. What did you bring us? But look, if I was on Great Budget Bake Off, I would have made you something, but I'm not. Um, we've also had uh, uh, Kimberly Freeman, who is a vintage jewelry enthusiast, came wow. on and talked about Bakelite. And my friend Lucy Clements came and talked about Mercury because really? she's a dentist. Is Mercury material? Yes. <laughs> what? That is, that is material I genuinely would have thought as material because it's kind of liquid, but solid. Well, it is a liquid, true, but. When you use it in dentistry, it is a solid because you make alloys out of it. So. so my biggest fear with smart materials is the idea that something that I touch now, like I know that if I touch the table, it's it's not smart. I know if I've got my phone in the room, that's something that has a microphone, that's something that has a camera, be wary around it. I know if there's a computer in the room, that's something that has a camera, you know, be wary. But what happens if the plugs start being smart? What happens if the lights start being smart? Like the locks on your doors, like that's all really, really weird, right? Yeah, I think there's an important distinction to be made here. The Internet of Things is about everything being connected to the internet. Mm. So like smartphones, smart watches, smart plugs, smart lights, smart fridges, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, smart materials are more fundamental than that. They're, it's the intrinsic materials properties of these solid objects that serve these functions. So I suppose the question is like, if you've got these like really smart materials and they're reacting to the environment, so like we've got like a plane. So if the plane's material um, is coated in material that like if it hits a, a freezing area, 
it like does something different to make the plane fly smarter. You wrote the like chapter. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's but right. like I'm hoping it does something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, surely we live in a world of data, so we'd want to collect that data. So mm-hmm. it would be like chances are that kind of stuff would be fundamentally we we'd bring in like data collection as well with smart materials as we sort of move forward in that area. Is that a thing that's intrinsically linked? Like, do we intrinsically link smart materials and the internet of things like data collection yeah that's an interesting point a lot of smart materials can be used as sensors Mm. so like piezoelectrics that convert physical pressure into electrical energy Mm. um electrical voltage they are really good to be used as sensors um and sensing is just one of the categories of smart materials um so yes i think smart materials would be used in a world where we all just looking for data constantly and trying to record trying to make numerical sense of a lot of the world around us okay in your book anna yeah, yeah. other chapters they touch on other things that aren't as cool as smart materials they do yes yeah, and they aren't as cool as smart They're materials n- nothing is as cool as smart materials okay so like what do we think the future is generally going to be is it going to be positive is it going to be negative like are there are there great things about smart materials what are the great things about smart materials we've talked about the scary stuff what's the great stuff well the great stuff we've touched on as well like Mm. a lot of these materials can be used for good like you could make a prosthetic limb Mm. that has the same touch sensitivity as us the skin of this prosthetic limb would be self-healing just like our skin is um you would be able to wire it up to your brain so that it could be brain controlled and feed back to the brain as well. So uh, in all intents and purposes, you know, have the same function as living flesh, right? Um, and this is amazing, I think. I suppose you could use it for bad things as well, but I guess that's what That's anything, the same right? with that's any science. Yeah. Yeah. Like anything like this, mm. any advance is at some point going to be taken, like it's going to fall into bad, into, mm-hmm. into the mm. wrong hands. Yeah. It doesn't mean you should stop. Exactly, investing. you have yeah. to weigh up the risks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like um, self-healing concrete is a brilliant smart material, and mm. that what's can... self-healing concrete? So it's concrete that when it cracks, can just fill in that seal itself without having to be fixed by a human person. Yeah, um, and it's as solid as concrete. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. What? That's really interesting because a lot of tower blocks, especially in London, they've got that problem: concrete cancer, mm-hmm. like disintegrating, and that, that's what's happening to a lot of these tower blocks. They people don't invest in them. For example, this what happened in Grenfell. They didn't want to invest in these flats, these blocks, tower blocks. They knew that would disintegrate. So if you had that type of concrete, it's really interesting, yeah. Exactly. And for places mm. that are susceptible to earthquakes and yeah. the infrastructure is constantly having to be rebuilt or yeah, fixed, yeah, yeah. This, these kind of materials can really help like, improve the lives of people around the world. Okay. You had a house and you're going to make it the smartest house ever. I'm not talking Internet of Things, just smart materials. Mm-hmm. What would you put in there? Right. Well... Mm-hmm. Good question. You've thought about this a lot, I can I tell. <laughs> You're already building this house, <laughs> yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Right. On your roof, you're going to have thermochromic materials. This is the same stuff as your toothbrush. So it's going to change colour with the seasons. It's going to change colour with, yeah, with temperature. So if it's a well, very... In, in London and the UK, it's going to be the same colour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, if it's a hot day, you want to reflect as much of the sun's light and heat as possible. So you want that material to be very light coloured. Right. Um, when it's cold, you want the roof to absorb as much of the heat and light as possible. So you want it to be dark coloured. So thermochromic materials that could switch to being white when they're when it's hot and dark when it's cold would regulate the temperature of your house without you having to do anything. That's really cool. But that's just the roof. What's inside mm. the house? All right. Um, what else can we do? The windows of the house could well we've got a few options for this they could either be photochromic like those sunglasses so when when it gets sunny they go darker so you don't have to draw the blinds or they could be electrochromic which means that you could just flick a switch and they would go dark or you could flick a so switch you wouldn't and they need would curtains. go light again yeah wow so you wouldn't need curtains yeah. but you'd have to remember to flick the switch because otherwise everyone's gonna see your same as <laughs> curtains though you have to <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> do you do you like get it wrong with curtains somehow curtains are confusing let me tell I you mean, <laughs> Things have happened, Alex. <laughs> Things have happened. Neighbours have complained. <laughs> oh Things cannot be unseen. <laughs> um, in your kitchen, you could have a self-opening baked bean can made with a shaped memory alloy. This is this would be a baked bean can that, when you heated it up, just run it under hot water, the lid would automatically that come off. That is 
fucking cool. It would be amazing because I cut my finger really badly on a tin of chickpeas a few weeks ago. I do this all so the time. Yeah. Every time I open a, a, a can of tins. <laughs> That's not a thing. A tin can. Yeah. I cut my finger. Yeah. How are you two functional adults? How do you have a PhD? <laughs> Didn't involve opening cans. <laughs> <laughs> so on the roof, we've got smart materials. Mm -hmm. Windows, smart materials. Mm -hmm. Kitchen, we've mm -hmm. got smart materials. Where else in the house? So we're talking about temperature regulation still. Yeah. These would be smart phase changing materials. So you'd put them in your carpets or in the walls. Um, and basically, these are materials that um, freeze and melt at around room temperature. And you will know because you guys are scientists, uh, when a material freezes, it actually gives out heat. And when it melts, it takes in heat. Mm -hmm. So these are materials that are set to have freezing and melting temperatures at around room temperature. If the temperature in the room dips below, gets too cold, then the material freezes. But in freezing, it gives out heat. So it causes the room to warm up again. Mm. Then the material melts and that causes it to take in heat. And so when it gets too hot, the, the temperature of the room gets drawn down by this material freezing. When are we going to build this house? Yeah, why, why do we not have more of these houses or any of these houses? So, I mean, these materials exist. They're just quite expensive. And mm. I guess ah, better ah. insulation is cheaper to do than these phase changing materials. But is this yeah. going to be the future? Like our, our house is going to be smart. I As think so. Smart material houses, basically, not smart houses. Yeah, I think so. Do you want to hear my favourite futuristic? I actually didn't put this in the book because I didn't have time to do it. An exclusive. I didn't have space. Yes. This is an exclusive reveal. Like, yeah. um, it's not. It's not technically smart materials, but it's like. Oh, I don't want to hear it then. <laughs> Go on. It's like way, way in the future, right? These things called claytronics. Have you heard of this? No. No. It's basically. It's kind of like robotics, right? Um, these. Claytronics is the idea that you have tiny, 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 tiny robots, like the size of a grain of sand. Um, and all of these tiny robots can coordinate. And they're, it's called programmable matter. And this is basically stuff that you can program to be in any shape you want. So in the future, you could have a kitchen table made of programmable matter. You could program that to be any color, any shape, any texture that you wanted. But these are all tiny robots doing this. Yes. That's, so that terrifies me. coordinate in order to build up this kitchen oh table. God. If you decide that you want a bigger kitchen table or a smaller kitchen table or one of a different shape, you can just program the matter and it, and it would... It would Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's modular shape. type of stuff. Isn't exactly. It? Yeah. It's modular robotics. So let's look at that realistically because you've all seen Black Mirror, right? Mm. What happens when you're eating breakfast, having your crunchy nut cornflakes, someone hacks your house, and then bam, your table's gone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like your chair's gone as well. That's crazy. Yeah. You just sat on the floor. <laughs> this yeah. is a this is a real concern for claytronics, hackable materials. Mm. You could easily hack someone's kitchen table to become like a gun mm. and shoot them. Whoa. <laughs> wow! Whoa! So, way... I mean, I don't know about easily, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it yesterday. <laughs> Theoretically, that would be possible with Claytronics. So it's it's super interesting. I imagine wow. it like working with us, so you don't even have like a phone, and it might be like this, and then you could be like, okay, I want this to be like this now, and then it becomes like a. a I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's know. like the Skittles advert. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that everything you touch turns yeah. to Skittles. Have you seen yeah. Big Hero 6? The yes. greatest movie of all time. Yes. They use claytronics and programmable matter. Exactly. That? And look how bad that turned out for him. His brother died. Spoilers. Oh, shit. Yeah, just put <laughs> that in the beginning of the episode. Spoiler <laughs> Spoiler His brother died. Yeah. Um, true, but... It's an interesting concept. <laughs> Sorry, don't don't put it out there. You don't want. <laughs> I mean, but okay. So picture the scene, right? There's there's a a country that has just been ravaged by a horrible storm. You could get some programmable matter and build someone a house in like a few seconds. That's crazy. That's quite cool. But mm. my con my concern with that would be it, this this house is going to change any second now. <laughs> something else. The U.S. government owns this house. Yeah, yeah but yeah. for temporary structures. Right, yeah. mm. like, but they could like someone could turn it into a prison. <laughs> yeah, you could like remove the door. <laughs> yeah, you could bug it. You could bug that so easily. It's it's inherently bugged. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love how, how much happiness was in your face by, by the door removing someone's door. <laughs> someone's played The Sims Four too much. <laughs> Just now, nah, fuck your door. Yeah. Well, that's a good example to make. It, it would be like The Sims, isn't it? Because you yeah. can make things disappear. Yeah, like you know. Which would be pretty oh, sweet. I'm slightly scared. 
Like, you don't want 4chan to have the ability <laughs> to like hack your house and just turn mm. it into like alt-right memes. Mm. Mm. But I more. suppose a lot of this technology will develop with like counter ways of countering that. It wouldn't just be like free for all. It wouldn't be like the Wild West, like you know, I'm gonna hack your shit, like you know. Well, hopefully not, but who knows? I, I think that's enough for annoying Anna with materials mm. discussion for now. <laughs> so. So, Hale, do you feel like you've learned something? I, I, I've learned a great deal today. Oz, do you feel like you've done your public service? I think I really have. I think I've taught you a lot of stuff today. You're a wise man, Ozzy. I know. <laughs> and Anna, as our first guest, do you feel like you have wasted your time? I don't think I've... I mean, I'm a freelance science communicator. <laughs> <laughs> I got dressed today. That's an achievement. Wow. Oh, as always, I am Alex. This has been Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet? Goodbye. So you might be thinking, oh my God, how do I hear more about this amazing podcast that combines humor, entertainment, pop culture, and cutting edge science? Or you might be thinking, oh wow, these guys are geniuses and I have questions that only they can answer. Or you might be thinking, oh wow, these guys aren't even real doctors and I know way more about science than them and I want them to know this. So how do I let them know this as quickly as possible? So what you've got to do for us right now is leave us an iTunes review. I know you hear it everywhere, but it's super important because we want that sweet internet validation. Or you can send us your questions or comments by email. It's at whynotdoc at gmail.com. And if you want to stay up to date with what we're doing, you can go by social media. It's at whynotadoc on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, iTunes review, follow us on social media, annoy us by email. Thanks. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.